Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. On today's podcast, I get the opportunity to talk to Thomas Salerno about what it's like to be a Christian freelancer working in an unusual space. So let's listen. Hey everybody, this is Brandon Hollingsworth uh, coming uh, at you with Creatively Christian, uh, the podcast from Theophany Media, and I'm very, very stoked today to have a good friend of mine and a brother in Christ on, uh, Mr. Thomas Salerno. How are you, Thomas? I'm great, Brandon. Uh, I'm stoked to finally be on the show. I've I've been a fan for a while. Well, awesome. Thank Thank you for being a fan. Thank you for watching. And uh, we've, we've had lots and lots of folks saying they want to be on the show. So we've got a long list of folks to, to go and see and talk to. But, but hey, today's your day. We're going to talk about you. And so I'd like to start out by reading your bio that you sent over just to introduce folks to you. Does that sound good? Great. All right. So Thomas Salerno is a freelance writer, aspiring novelist, bookworm, and all-around nerd born and raised on Long Island, New York. He received a BA in anthropology from Stony Brook University and volunteered for several years as a fossil preparer and collections assistant for the American Museum of Natural History. His writing has been featured in several Catholic online publications such as Word on Fire, Voyage Comics, Altea, did I say that right? Altea? Alatea. Alatea and Busted Halo. So again, welcome, Thomas. Welcome. Thanks for being on today. Thank you. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about kind of where you started. I mean, um, a degree in, in anthropology and, you know, playing around in archaeology and playing around with fossils, and but yet you're writing. So tell us a little bit about where that, where that happened or how that happened. That's kind of interesting. Well, I've been interested in fossils and dinosaurs and prehistoric life pretty much from as soon as I could talk, basically. And I always had a dream of going to college and becoming a paleontologist. And I went to Stony Brook University because they had a really great paleoanthropology program. But while I was going through college, I kind of decided that the life of an academic really wasn't for me. And I kind of decided that I wanted to focus my career goals more on writing. I've I've been writing ever since I was a kid and I love doing it. And so I thought, well, maybe I could become a a science journalist was was my original goal. And uh, I had planned on after college going and getting my master's, maybe in science journalism. But you know, for whatever reason that that didn't work out, there were a lot of extenuating circumstances. And so I basically decided like, okay, so what what can I do with this writing talent that I know I have? And I have a lot of various other interests besides science. And among them are, you know, the genres of, I'm, like I said, I'm an all around nerd. So I love science fiction. I love fantasy. I love comic books. And I'm like, I love talking about all these things, basically to anyone who will listen. (laughs) So I'm like, why don't I just write about this stuff and see if there are any outlets who would want to run essays and articles about 
you know, comic books and sci-fi and fantasy, but I wanted to come at it from my own angle. Uh-huh. And as a lifelong Catholic who's always interested in learning more about the Christian faith and growing in the faith, I decided, why don't I come at it from the angle of finding the sort of, I guess you would call it seeds of the gospel within these sort of popular culture genres and using that as a way to kind of spread the gospel or maybe even get people who are into science fiction and fantasy and comic books. You know, nerd culture has become pretty much mainstream these days. But to kind of get those people interested into maybe thinking about something a little bit higher, a little bit more beyond, you know, as a way to sort of spread the gospel without being kind of preachy about it. Mm -hmm. That's basically where I'm coming at my career these days. Awesome. Awesome. And it's kind of like you're, you're kind of echoing the words of Paul, you know, where you're, you're, you're being, you know, um, you're, you're being our Greeks to the Greeks and Romans to the Romans, right? You're, you're kind of going to where they are and emulating, not in an attempt to deceive, but in an attempt to relate and then talk then about the things that are really important to you and that, you know, hold eternal significance. So that's a really, really cool idea. Yeah, exactly. Because like, I'm also a geek. Yeah. So I can speak the, the geek language. It's not like I'm putting on airs or anything. I can say, look, I'm into this stuff too. But there's a whole other dimension to it that maybe, you know, you haven't even considered yet. Right, right. Hey, and that's a great website as well, speakgeek.com. So <laughs> be sure and grab that URL when we're done. But um, so, so tell us a little bit about um, all, uh, I, I know some of the articles that you've written for Voyage Comics, which is actually how I uh, discovered you and how we began to interact. And then you've actually started writing a few articles for, for my company, for Brainy Pixel, um, on kind of that intersection of Christian faith and kind of nerd culture. But are all of your articles, all of your published articles, are they in that same space? Or do you have other articles as well, other types of articles? I'm starting to branch out a little bit. Um, I've been, I've written a few articles recently that are more about spirituality. Um, I had one published on uh, Alatea recently about um, Julian of Norwich, uh, who is a famous mystic, uh, English mystic from the Middle Ages, and how she found peace amid suffering. Um, I wrote an article for Busted Halo recently uh, about astronomy and the Catholic Church, kind of their history together. And that okay. was fun because I felt like I was getting getting back to my roots and doing a little science writing again, right. popularizing science. So that was fun. That's cool. Any any kind of um, ideas or maybe some prospects on the horizons of other kind of circles where you may be branching out, like Busted Halo, where you may be doing more science and faith writing, or, or, or is that it for right now? Busted Halo is actually interested in more science and faith pieces from awesome. me. So you may see some of that in the future. Also, I'm, I just started working on what I kind of view as a creative nonfiction paleontology project. Oh, very So it cool. has to do with dinosaurs and fossils. And it's, it's something that I've thought about doing ever since I was in college, but really never found the time to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. It's in the early conceptual stages right now, but I'm just I'm working on an outline and I hope to start really pushing on that next year. That's awesome. And that's such a cool intersection of concepts as well. I mean, I know 
one of the things that a lot of Christians have problems with is how do dinosaurs fit into, you know, the creation story and where, where do they land? And I know Answers in Genesis has done a lot of work about that and about figuring out exactly how all that works in with what the Bible says about how the world was created, you know, and, um, you know, um, uh, creationism in general. So there's a lot of really cool ideas there to, to explore. And then also it's such a cool place to play in that kind of is tangential to the nerd culture because kids love dinosaurs. And there's the opportunity again to interact with those kids at that dinosaur level and maybe walk them into these faith conversations, which are so critical. So I'm really looking forward to that dinosaur stuff too. So. <laughs> oh yeah, thanks. And like there, there's such a wide Christian um, thinking in, in that project. You know, on one side you have kind of the, the, the answers in Genesis mm-hmm. angle. And then on the other hand, you have guys like Kenneth Miller who wrote a great book called Finding Darwin's God, where he comes at it from more of a, a Catholic angle, trying to synthesize Darwinism and Christianity. Right. There's such a great conversation to be had. And I've, I've been involved in that debate ever since I was a teenager. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really something that I like. When I used to work at the museum and I used to bring uh, people through, whether friends of mine or, or just visitors, I would love the kind of wonder in their eyes when I would take them through the dinosaur halls. Uh-huh. And I always kind of thought of that as like, like the, there's beauty in all of God's creation. But with dinosaurs, you kind of get the idea of the majesty right. and the glory kind right. of, of God, because many species are so huge and gigantic. Right. And, and I've always been interested in, in exploring that angle of trying to use science in general, but also paleontology is just a way to get people interested in the wonder of God's creation. However, he brought that about. Right. It's it's just a beautiful we live in a very beautiful, amazing world that's kind of beyond our comprehension. Like science will never figure out everything a hundred percent. But the very like process of science and figuring stuff out is almost like a kind of prayer in and of itself. I've talked mm-hmm. to a lot of Christian sci- uh, scientists who are Christian who have said that, that they view their work as kind of like a prayer. And so that's definitely an area that I'm interested in writing and speaking more about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's the, the sheer awe that is inspired by creation and being able to see these ancient fossils and how massive they are and, and think and dream about you know, what those creatures might have been like. It's just, it's really awe-inspiring. And and to imagine the God that created all those creatures is even cooler, you know? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about jumping from anthropology into creative writing or freelance writing. Um, that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a leap, right? And it probably took, yeah. a, probably took a fair amount of faith and a fair amount of, um, of bravery. So talk to us a little bit about how you as a believer and as a creative were able to bridge that gap, how you're able to jump from saying, Hey, I've got, you know, this degree that's over here, but this is what I'm going to try to do. Talk about that. I'll, I'll say this from the outset. It wasn't easy and it required a lot of prayer and kind of psyching myself up to be able to do it. And it was almost serendipitous. I started submitting articles and kind of writing professionally right around the time the pandemic lockdown started last year 
Okay. So I, I submitted my first article for publication with Voyage Comics in February of 2020. And at the time I was still working at the American Museum in New York. But a couple months after that, you know, they had let most of the employees go, everything was shut down. And I was actually on a temporary position anyway. I had been hoping to secure a permanent position, but because of COVID that simply wasn't gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And since I was already writing and submitting articles, I'm like, well, you know, I'm out of work right now. Why don't I just keep doing this? And it, it wasn't easy. Like I say, it, it was, it kind of was a leap of faith. And I've gone through ups and downs, you know, I've suffered from writer's block, like, you know, many writers have, you know, just days or even weeks where I can't get anything done. But I kind of learned that the, the more you trust God, the more you say, look, I'm putting this project, this career path in your hands. And I'm trusting that if I put in the work, you will make it prosper. That was a big lesson for me to kind of finally figure out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's really neat is for those of us who've been kind of on the other side of that now, you're you among those, those people. And you learn that when you do that, when you take that leap of faith and you say, God, I'm just going to be obedient. I'm going to do the hard work. I'm going to see how you prosper this. When God does prosper this, and he is, he's faithful to reward obedience time and time again, that en enables you the next time to be more, more brave and step out on faith quicker. And so it's like this really cool iterative process where every time I step out on faith, as long as I'm in God's will, and again, that's a lot of prayer and a lot of consideration. You can't be willy-nilly, but when I step out in faith in God's will, and then I'm obedient and do the work and he prospers me, then the next time it's so much easier to trust him. And it's an amazing, and it's such a fun ride to go on as a believer. Would you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I call the process building momentum. Okay. That like each time I step out on faith, it kind of builds that momentum. It makes it just much that much easier the next time, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, it, it, it's almost like, to put it in religious terms, kind of like a revelation because like I had struggled, you know, for years with like, do, do I put this writing out there? You know, am I good enough? You know, all, all that kind of stuff. And, and once you kind of stop thinking about that and just do it, you know, and, and make that commitment to trust. God is going to prosper what you're doing. Like you said, as, as long as it's aligned with his will and you, you have to pray about that and be like, Lord, like I'm doing this. And it, Hey, if it's not your will, put a roadblock in the way. Amen. That's right. Don't make it prosper so that I can find what path you actually want me to go on. And that's kind of how, like I view what happened to me with like going into science and academia God put so many roadblocks in my way that eventually it kind of sunk in. Hey, God doesn't want me to go in this direction. <laughs> he wants me to use all that knowledge about science that I've accumulated, but he wants to use it in a different way than maybe being a professor at a university or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so cool to find those things and to come to those realizations. And I think that's one of the challenges that young creatives and young Christians often have is they don't spend enough time in prayer. They don't really, they don't really seek the face of God. They don't seek God's will. And so we would encourage you, Thomas and I both, I, I think he would agree with me 
that you know you need to make prayer a priority you need to make you know reading reading the bible a priority and seeking god's will for your life because so many doors will begin to open up and then sometimes so many doors will close but a direction will emerge i want to you mentioned something thomas that i'd like to jump back to if we could and spend a little bit of time on because it's a very very common problem uh at least that writers face um and that is dealing with um, the, the dreaded writer's block. Uh, so as a believer, um, how do you, how do you got any tips or tricks? How do you deal with writer's block as a believer? Well, the, the first thing I do is that I kind of go to, I, I kind of run to the Lord in prayer and say like, Lord, like, why is this happening? Why am I having this block? You know, like just simple, you know, stuff telling God my feelings because he wants to hear from you. He wants to know how you're doing. But then after I've expressed to God that I'm, I'm having a difficulty and I commit it to his, you know, providence, I then, I kind of step away from it in a way that like, I, I go and I do something else that's still kind of creative, but will maybe help me kind of recharge and look at things a bit differently. You know, I'll read a book, I'll watch a movie, I'll go out on a walk. Walks are, that's one tip I want to emphasize is walking just out anywhere, just out in nature. I'm lucky that like there's a beautiful beach about a 10 minute walk from my house. So I can just walk down there and breathe in the salt air and look at the waves crashing in. And somehow that all that nature stimuli does something to the brain where it like helps you look at at things differently it helps you see connections that you didn't see before and like i I have what i call my boneyard of projects whether it's short stories or articles that i've started working on and i get a block i'll put them aside for a few days maybe a week sometimes even much longer and I'll come back to them and I'll read them again. And where before I was like, this is crud, it's garbage, it's no good. I'll read it again and be like, hey, this this isn't too bad. And I'll maybe see some connections that I didn't see previously because I've let it kind of germinate or like, you know, uh, just let it sit for a while in my brain, find new connections. Yeah, absolutely. I could, could not agree with you more. Those are the same steps that I take as well. And uh, for me as well, I, I like to do um, repetitive work, like so cutting wood or mowing the grass or, you know, trimming the hedges, something that's mechanical, you know, that is physical. You're using your body, but you can kind of unplug your brain. That is another great one for me that really helps, um, you know, when I've got those kind of writer's block issues. And I also have a boneyard as well. And that's a great <laughs> and that's also a great thing to, as well, because you can kind of slowly mature projects all along. And before yeah. you know it you know, bounce, you got a new, uh, you got a new project. So that's pretty cool. So are, are there some other things maybe that you learned in the academia space, right? Um, that you are able to kind of co-opt and use kind of in your freelance writing world now, if there's not, that's okay. I just, that's an intriguing jump to me and I want to learn everything we can. So are there, is there anything that you learned in the academia space with your degree that you're able to co-opt and use in your freelance career now? One of the best things that really helped me in college and academia, especially in, in the anthropology program I was in, is that they taught you how to think critically, you know, and to, to test ideas 
you know, and, and to also look at ideas from all different kinds of angles and also to try and understand someone else's argument. Because in paleontology and anthropology, there's all kinds of, you know, academic and scientific rivalries, different hypotheses, different theories. And you'll find that the, the, the academics and scientists who are behind these theories, you know, they really believe in them and they really, you know, they, they can butt heads yeah. sometimes. And, but it, they, they taught us how to like, to, to understand what a person is saying and also understand why they may believe a certain what underlying, you know, philosophical beliefs can like underscore, you know, a theory. And, and to take all that into account when you're debating or quote unquote arguing with someone. And that, that way of thinking, that way of like never denigrating what other people believe, right. but trying to understand it and then respond to it was super helpful. And it's kind of shaped my whole way of writing and how I interact with people if I'm debating on a certain subject, whether it's in print or, you know, in an interview or whatnot, uh-huh. you know, just that, that empathetic trying to understand people, which you, you wouldn't think is really a part of academia, but at least in the college I went to, they, they really emphasize. Well, I mean, that is part of the classical education, right? I mean, that's part of, that's, part of what the greats, you know, that, you know, that created debate, you know, that's what they taught is that uh, and when you learn about logic and about debate from a formal perspective, those are some of the first things you learn. And I think that's a lot, a lot of culture is our culture today has lost a lot of that. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's some places in academia that are still promoting that and teaching that that's a good thing. Um, and that really does come across in your articles as folks who are watching and listening, I hope they go read your articles and check them out because that sense of I'm not going to denigrate someone just because I might disagree with them. That really does. It permeates your writing and it really kind of sets it apart. And I really do believe that's part of why you get the number of jobs that you get as a freelance writer is because most people today don't want to go to a website and be bashed. If they want that, they can go to Twitter or Instagram or something like that. So yeah. I think I think that's a I think it's a real plus in your writing. So so hats off to you there, brother. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm glad that that comes across. It does absolutely because yeah. I, I really wanted it to be different that way because mm-hmm. there's enough you know kind of vitriol out there and like you know personally like I I can get vitriolic and worked up as good as as anybody but in in kind of my public you know writing I I don't want it to come across that way i really do try to understand people and try to come across as as empathetic and to just say look here's my position you know mm-hmm. i'm not denigrating yours or doing anything like that and like you said like the in america especially we have kind of lost that mm-hmm. yeah amen <laughs> so to, talk to us a little bit about as a freelance writer i mean really you kind of have to be more than a freelance writer. You're more than just an article producer, right? You also kind of have to be your own marketing agent uh, and your own billing agent and also your own kind of, you know, manager, so to speak, in terms of winning new jobs and making sure you follow those jobs all throughout the process and getting paid. 
So talk a little bit about, you can, about maybe the ups and downs of, of learning that side of the business. Writing the article is really just, really just one portion of a great big process. So for those who might not be familiar with that, talk a little bit about the challenges there and how you've learned to deal with those or, or maybe some tips or tricks. Yeah, it's definitely a process that I'm still learning. Like I said, I think uh, it's September. So I'm about 18, 19 months into this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm learning that for like, you know, some places I work for um, will pay you through kind of like a third party platform like bill.com where you submit invoices to them and then they, you know, the money automatically goes into your bank account. And like other places, you kind of have to nudge them a little bit and say like, hey, guys, you know, you still owe me money, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, you, you kind of have to be your own, your own marketing agent, your own, you know, uh, best friend in a way. You, you really have to, to work for yourself. And, and don't be afraid to reach out to people like that. Like, like let's, because 90% of the time, it's because something slipped through the cracks and the person is like, oh, geez. Oh yeah, no, here's, here's your check. You know, definitely right. like, yeah, don't be like, don't be afraid to, don't think you're nagging people. Don't think you're coming across as, as too forward or something like that. Cause you, your worth is, is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. There's that, there's that famous line from the gospel that we've talked about a lot of times, you know, a laborer is worth his wage. Amen. Yeah. You know, so like, don't, don't sell yourself short. You know, I, I wrote for free for almost a year before I started finding paying clients. So, so that's, that's really a really good point and one that, that I can mirror. <laughs> I, can, I have stories, but it's really something you have, to, you have to know in this freelance space. So talk a little bit about that, that experience and what that's like. Yeah, it was, it, it was like I was having fun with what I was doing, but I was still de- kind of depressed because I'm like, Ugh, you know, I'm not getting paid for this. and I don't have a job right now because of COVID. And so there was, it was a lot of stress, but you know, like eventually, like I just found that I had to stop being afraid of reaching out to people and saying, look, this is what I do. And that, that's the thing. Once I had accumulated a fair sample of articles that I had written for free, I could go to people with basically a portfolio and exactly. say, look, this is what I do. I've written for places like Word, like big name places like Word on Fire and up and coming places like Voyage Comics. And like, this is what I do. You know, here's my educational background so I can write about a lot of different things. I see you publish a lot of articles in the Christian world. I can, you know, in other words, here's what I do. You know, is there anything I can do for you? There you go. There you go. And that's exactly... Um, I think I think there I think that period of kind of churning out free work often it results in a, several things. One, it generates a portfolio for you. Exactly. Two, I think it builds your confidence, right, as a writer, oh, yeah. as a freelancer. And then three, I think it allows you to cut your teeth. You know, you begin to you begin to kind of get a feel for how does this whole process work. You know, do I just kind of contact people out of the blue and pitch things and then I write it and then I get paid or is there other steps in there? And sometimes there are. And so I think it's really important. I wouldn't I wouldn't encourage anybody to give work away for free for forever. But I do think there's an element of needing to kind of prove your worth, you know, to yourself, to your market. 
and kind of establish that kind of base of confidence and work that you can then go out and pitch. So I think that's really, really important for people to understand that sometimes you may have to do that, not for forever. Right. Um, and let's talk a little bit about valuing your time. I know that's a, a thing that you and I have talked about in the past, and uh, it's, it's a really tough thing. Uh, and I think actually being a Christian can actually add a level of complication to valuing your time, because we're always, as Christians, we always tend to feel like we need to donate, you know, way more than maybe we should. And where's that line? Where do I draw the line and then begin charging? So talk a little bit about how you have kind of come to grips with that. Um, and how you've been able to kind of understand when is it time to begin valuing your time um, and how easy or hard was that? Yeah, it was difficult. Once I, I kind of realized that like, look, you are putting an amount of work into this that would be like a full-time job. Because I, I pretty much write five days a week now, some mm -hmm. weeks, six days a week. I treat it like a nine to five job. Awesome. You know, I, I start writing at nine in the morning and if I'm not writing, I'm researching for something I'm going to write for the rest of the day until around five o'clock. And then I stop and I say, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to recharge now and, you know, have dinner and have a nice evening. So I'm ready to wake up and at nine the next morning, work on it again. And once I kind of realized, yeah, you are putting nine to five levels of work in this, that that kind of clued me into like, yeah. Your work is worth it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I could not agree more. And you need to value it accordingly. You know, whatever you would go and ask for a job, you know, somewhere, you know, whatever that wage is that you need, divide that out and figure out what it is per hour. And that's about what you need to be making with a freelance job. Maybe it, depending on, you know, what you're doing, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, depending on how long something might take you per hour. But yeah, you really have to boil it down to that hourly rate. And that's kind of what you got to pitch. So absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, I'm still working on, on building that kind of portfolio of paying clients. I'm still sure. in that process. But yeah, I hope that eventually, you know, I will, able, I will be able to make this into a viable career where I can support myself on it. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I can see it growing, mm -hmm. especially in the last four or five months. I've really seen that kind of snowball effect, that kind of building of momentum where the Lord has been sending me people. Like I've had people contact me out of the blue and say like, hey, do you want to be on our podcast? Or hey, do you want to write for our website? And I'm doing so much that sometimes I actually have to turn people down. <laughs> but it's that's a good, that's a good place to be. And, and, and right. really it's kind of miraculous. And, and I'm using that word in the Christian sense, uh, to go that, to, for it to happen as quickly as it has for you, you know, yeah. uh, for you to say, Hey, a year ago or a year plus ago, I wasn't even doing this, right. I wasn't writing yeah. anything for anybody. So, I mean, that really does show God's blessing on you. And really it shows your dedication to your work and your craft and that you have a skill in that craft. So you're using your gifts for God and he's blessing that. And I, I'm really, really excited to see it. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing what's coming as well. Um, so speaking of what's coming, um, do you have kind of any, any projects on the horizon that you're really super excited about or that you'd like to tease anybody or mention at this time? Yeah, so like, like it says in my bio, I'm, I'm an aspiring novelist, and I do have a high fantasy project that's in the works, um, and I hope it's going to be very unique 
Like it's going to play on some of the tropes of high fantasy. And so it's going to have that high fantasy feel that I love. But I think it, it in terms of the characters and, and some of where the story is going, I think it's going to have a really unique feel. And it's really going to talk a lot about some issues that are current and even some like, you know, a, some especially um, Christian oriented issues. It, it, it's going to have that that kind of undercurrent where if like if, if you're a Christian, you're going to read this and see something like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what he's talking. About. <laughs> you know, because I kind of I kind of take my cue from from Tolkien on that, where like he doesn't in his fantasy world of Middle Earth, there's nothing explicitly like Christian about it. Right. But when you look at like the themes that he's weaving in and some of the imagery, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like as a Christian, like reading Lord of the Rings, you you get it that that some other people, you know, or non-believers reading Lord of the Rings sometimes don't sure. see. Yeah, they absolutely. don't get. I also like and while I love fantasy because like I fell in love with the Lord of the Rings when I was 13, around the time the Peter Jackson movies were coming out. I went and bought paperbacks of the trilogy and I just devoured them. But my first love is actually science fiction. Oh. I read Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park when I think I was in the fourth grade, which <laughs> wow. I, I wouldn't recommend because yeah. Jurassic Park is a, a very adult book. But yeah. for some reason, it, it didn't harm me in any way. But I, I read Jurassic Park and his sequel, The Lost World, when I was in fourth grade. And that's actually when I knew that whatever I did in life, I wanted to have writing be a part of it. Because oh, wow. as, as you know, a kid, I was into dinosaurs. And I'm like, wow, you can make a living writing a book where dinosaurs chase and eat people, you know? So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that's amazing. So um, I definitely have some science fiction projects on the horizon including the one I mentioned, which is kind of creative nonfiction, but it incorporates some sci-fi stuff, including dinosaurs. But, okay, uh, very cool. Very cool. That one sounds super interesting as well. I'm excited to, I'm excited for both of these. So I want to kind of see if we can uh, give some more advice to our listeners and our watchers. If you had to go back a year or two years ago um, at a younger Thomas who was, you know, kind of sitting and dreaming maybe on that beach, you know, about being a writer one day, um, what would you kind of grab him by the lapels and shake him a little bit and say, you need to go do these three things right now. What would those things be for that slightly younger Thomas to kind of make, make that happen for, for him? Maybe sooner. We don't want to get outside of God's will, but you know, but maybe if you could make it happen sooner or prepare you to be kind of where you are now, prepare you more, prepare you. Okay, so three things. One, I would say email those people you know. Because, okay, so like the, the great thing about, okay, there's a lot of bad things about social media, but the great thing about it is how you can connect with people from all over the world. And, you know, from Twitter, I knew people in the sort of Christian writing space, editors and other writers and publishing directors you know, who I had interacted with and had some great interactions with, but I had never pitched them anything. Mm. So first thing I would do is, is grab myself and say, email those people, DM those people on Twitter, say, hey, I've got an idea for an article. Okay. Because I, I, I waited to do that for way too long. 
gotcha. You know, just because like I was afraid of failure. I was afraid yeah. of rejection. Very, very say, common. No, just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I would say establish a writing habit now. Do it like five days a week, like what I'm doing now, you know, and it doesn't matter what your output is each day, as long as you're writing something, you know, or whether you're researching something or you're making an outline or you're doing character sketches, whatever it is, just do something creative every single day so you can build that momentum, get into that habit of doing it. And the third thing, which maybe should have been the first thing now that I think about it, is take it to Jesus. Amen. Pray with him about it. Say, Lord, I have this burning desire to serve your kingdom and spread the gospel using, you know, the new media and using my knowledge of things sciencey and geeky. And I know you wouldn't have put this desire in my heart if it wasn't going to lead to something. So walk with me on this path. Show me the way. Help me to get around those internal obstacles. There's a, there's a great quote from one of my favorite, um, well, he's not technically a saint yet. He's a blessed in the Catholic Church, and that is Nicholas Steno. He was actually a very early geologist. And he had a very intense spiritual conversion experience at one point in his life. And he cried out, Lord, you have broken my chains asunder. And that is one of my primary prayers. I say, Lord, break my chains asunder. Break these chains of fear and self-doubt and feelings that I'm not worthy. Just break these chains so that I can escape from this kind of self-made prison mm-hmm. into your kingdom and, and to serve you and spread the gospel. Amen. Amen. Man, you're just feeding me all the perfect lines today, Thomas, <laughs> <laughs> because now I say it's time for us to take it to Jesus. We can, I'd uh, love to um, close us out in prayer. And when we come back, I want you to definitely tell people where they can find you uh, on all of your social medias. Uh, but yeah, I think we should take it to Jesus right now. What do you say, brother? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, let's pray. Oh, we just want to bring it to you, Jesus, right now, just like Thomas said. Thank you so much, Father, for giving us this day and for giving us life. Um, And Father, we pray that, um, like Thomas quoted, that you break our chains asunder. Uh, Help to break the chains of of doubt, uh, self-doubt, of fear, of insecurity, of worry, um, Father, we, we pray that you will, with the Holy Spirit, break these chains for us. And we pray that you'll break them for our listeners and for our watchers, and that if they are struggling, and if they're in a place where they know that you've called them to do something for your kingdom, that they will not be afraid, that they will take it to you, just like Thomas has outlined. Father, I pray your blessings on Thomas and on the work of his hands and the work of his mind and the work of his lips. Um, I pray that you will make him swift and accurate and creative uh, so that he can do all those things to the glory of your kingdom and so that he can make much about your name. We thank you again for this opportunity to talk with one another. And we thank this, thank you for this opportunity to speak to all those who might be listening or watching. We pray your blessings on them 
And we thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus, in whose name we ask all things. Amen. Amen. All right, my brother. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about or tell everybody a little bit about where they can find you on social media. And let me tell you, folks, you want to follow Thomas because he is up and coming. His articles are amazing and uplifting. Uh, and you definitely want to keep tabs on this brother. So tell us where we can find you online, Thomas. Yeah, so I'm I'm on Twitter pretty much every day promoting my work. And you can find me at, at Salerno underscore Thomas. And also uh, check out my website, thomasjsalernowrites.com. I have a page with links to all my articles around the web um, so that you can see them. Awesome. And maybe soon geekspeaks.com, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out. That's for the presenting that my way. Yeah, it was just a great, that was a great, uh, a great line you said earlier. So again, everybody, thank you so much for being online with Thomas and I today and for listening and watching wherever you might listen and watching, wherever you might be listening and watching. <laughs> we thank you so much for supporting uh, uh, Theophany Media's Creatively Christian Podcast. Please share this. Uh, spread it around. If you know someone that needs to hear it, hear what Thomas has had to say, please um, uh, share that with them and like us and favorite us and all the good stuff. This is Brandon and Thomas saying thanks so much for being online with us today. Be blessed. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. To get our show notes with all the links and other interesting information from today's show, head over to our website at theophanymedia.com forward slash Salerno. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. And remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a blessed day and keep on creating for our Lord.